It's one of the most analyzed dialogues in the whole New Testament, and with very good reason. It's Jesus's restoration conversation with Simon Peter in John 21. We're gonna open the hood and take a little bit deeper look today on Beyond the Notes. times when I'm really, really grateful for this format. And this is such a time because the assignment this last Lord's Day was to deal with John 21, 15, all the way down to the end of the chapter. There's a lot going on there. But in a particular piece of those, those two paragraphs, this dialogue between Peter and Jesus, there's a lot of linguistic subtlety and detail that uh, frankly would have would have taken way too long to deal with effectively on Sunday morning. And I can't really deal with it effectively even in this format, but I can send you to study some really interesting characteristics of this dialogue. Some of this I may have touched on briefly in the message, but I want, to, I want us to look at some specific things that are going on here. One of the first things that comes right out of the gate is though our, our ESV uses past tense verbs, as in Jesus said this to uh, Peter and Peter said this to Jesus through this whole dialogue. And by the way, for reference, I'm looking at John 21, beginning in verse 15 and going down through verse 17. It's just 15, 16, 17 that encapsulates this dialogue. Um, and if you were uh, either able to get to the message or were able to be here for the message, you know the passage that we're talking about. It's Jesus and Peter on the beach uh, right at the end of the Gospel of John. The verbs are translated as past tense, which is the narrative custom in English, as well as in Greek, by the way. But, but John does something uh, in the original, in the narrative, that is a little bit more immediate and a little bit more narratively urgent. All of the, the verbs for said here are in the present tense. Now, we do the same thing in English. If we were going to, I don't know, uh, express excitement over a dialogue that may have happened historically, like the night that I asked my wife to marry, marry me, she comes through the door and I, and I say to her, will you, you, will you marry me? So I sort of switch to present tense to bring in the narrative urgency of the moment. God, the Holy Spirit inspired John to do that with this whole dialogue. So it's not just that Jesus said these things to Peter's Jesus says to Peter, and Peter says to Jesus, it's, it's present tense, which adds a sense of immediacy to the dialogue. And I just think that's, that's kind, of, kind of cool. It amps up a bit the sense of actually being present for this conversation as, by the way, the human author John was. The second thing that, that I think is worth noting is though Jesus addresses Peter three times with, with these three questions, do you love me? He doesn't address him as Peter. He has nicknamed him Peter and has been fairly consistent in addressing him as, as, as Peter. But here, all three times, he begins his question with Simon, son of John. Simon was Simon Peter's name before he knew Jesus, before Jesus gave him the nickname Peter. Simon, son of John, is a formal address. And I think here Jesus is calling out from Simon Peter, your, your return to fishing after you have met me in my resurrection and after you have already encountered some charge regarding the, 
the necessity of going and telling others what you've seen and heard. Your return to fishing fish when I told you you'd be a fisher of men, you're returning in some ways to your former life. And Jesus is calling that out. Simon, son of John. Simon, son of John. Simon, son of John. It's gentle. It's uh, in the manner of our Savior. But it is clear. And Peter would have felt it as a bit of a sting. The three different directions from Jesus, feed my lambs, tend my sheep, and feed my sheep, many have tried to see in those some sort of progression or some sort of, of cumulative. I think in this case, they are most likely simply synonyms. There, there's some different words involved, but the, the overall charge is a simple charge. Go and function as a pastor to my people. Not just evangelism, the fishing of men, but the feeding of my, of my sheep. The most interesting linguistic characteristic of this passage, and the one most often written about, is the interplay between two different words for love. Now, I want to say right out of the, the gate, both of these words are legitimately translated love. They are not polar opposites. Some have made so much of the contrast between these words, they've, they've overly uh, driven a wedge between the two Greek verbs. The, the Greek verb that Jesus uses when he first asks the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? In verse 15 is the verb agapao, which is from the, the same, it's the same word as the noun agape, that highest and holiest sort of love. That's the love we're talking about around here when we define love, agape love, as the unconditional self-sacrificial commitment to the well-being of another. It is love in its purest and most Christ-like sense. It is the the love of Christ for the church, it is the love whereby God so loved the world that he gave his son. It is, it is the highest word for love the Greek language had. Peter, in his answer to the first question, uses a, a different verb, and it's a verb based on the noun phileo, which is brotherly love or, or fondness or comradeship. It's, it, it's love. But it's, it's love on the, in the emphasis of comradeship and relationship, not the emphasis on sacrifice. It's the, the word uh, that is the, the root for the city of Philadelphia, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And it means love. It doesn't mean something way less. It's just a comradeship love or a genuine warm fondness. And so when Jesus asked the question, Simon Peter, do you love me with the same sort of sacrificial love you know I have for you? Simon Peter's response, yes, Lord, you know that I am very, very fond of you. It's an affirmative answer, but it's a, it's a weaker answer. And then Jesus asks the second time after telling him to feed my lambs, Jesus asks a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Jesus repeats his verb, agapao. It's not as though Jesus hasn't heard Simon Peter, but he's, he's seeing, all right, I'm going to give you a, a second chance to affirm back to me a higher sort of love. And Peter, who perhaps is a bit older and certainly a lot more humble in the wake of his 
failure the night before the crucifixion and his denial of Jesus answers again with the verb for fondness. Lord, you know that I am very, very fond of you. And again, it's a, it's a love, but it's a comradeship love. It is not the agape that the Lord is asking him about. And then the third time, to me, very surprisingly, and I don't think it's a, a statement of insult. I don't think it's a statement of rebuke. I think it is, as we often say of Jesus, I think this is Jesus meeting Simon Peter where he is. Verse 17, he said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And there Jesus adopts the verb that Simon Peter has been using. All right, Simon Peter, are you in fact terribly fond of me? Can we be comrades and close friends again? It's not that Jesus stands on agape and demands in this very warm and relational moment that Peter verbally formulate a, 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 a matching profession of love. Simon Peter's life from here forward is going to demonstrate that his love for Jesus is a sacrificial love. And they're about to speak in the next few sentences. Jesus is going to describe the future literal sacrifice of Simon Peter. There's no question of Simon Peter's love, but here Jesus graciously and mercifully meets Simon Peter in the place where he is at this moment, confessing and professing a, a deep love, just not as high as the love of the Savior for him. And when he changes verbs, and also because he is asking for the third time, Peter is grieved, and he responds, Lord you know everything, and you know that I love you, sticking with the same verb he has been using. The point is not that Jesus is chastising Simon Peter for inferior love. The whole tenor of this conversation is restoration and grace. No, rather the, the point is that, that Jesus is meeting Simon Peter where his humility in the wake of his failure has taken him. And so he meets him with the love of a brother and the love of a, a dearly embraced comrade. And then he talks to him about sacrifice because he knows that's where the love of Simon Peter is going to take him. Jesus is not kicking Simon Peter when he's down here. He's joining him in order to ultimately lift him up because he's just that gracious. Hey, I hope this has been a, a, an interesting podcast episode for you. I hope you'll like and share the podcast and we look forward to being with you in time to come on Beyond the Notes.